Strangers creak in doorless chambers. Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. I'd recommend maybe a clothes shop as well, because he's not wearing any currently. Alright, boys. Enjoy your, your, your sweaty bed to sleep in, that'll be, that'll be lovely for you. Clever boy. Hey, hey, hey everyone and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. And today we're joined by Brett and we're joined by Dan. And we're going to talk about the epic failure that is the Galactic Star Cruiser over at Disney World, which has been open for about a year and a half. We've talked about this a few times on the podcast, and I think me and Dan came to the conclusion that it was probably going to close down at some point. I think I'm surprised it's lasted as long as it did. Um, looked like a fantastic experience, but unfortunately just plagued with issues such as that it was just too niche and uh, I guess cost too much. We're also going to do a bit of a listener request, and that's that we're going to talk about our perfect theme park. So if we had an infinite amount of money and we wanted to set up a theme park, what would that look like? What kind of rides would we want to include? What would the theming be? What would the food and beverages look like? I'm pretty sure we're not going to get the uh, food and beverage providers who we won't name on the podcast at certain theme parks who um, you know do egg-in-a-box type um delights we will talk about them um so yeah so we're going to talk about our perfect theme packs that should be pretty interesting as well we're also going to touch on the opening of subterra or the reopening of subterra so brett's going to tell us a little bit about that brett's also going to give us a bit of an update from scarecon where he was a prize winner killers did in fact win an award and he will tell us about that Hopefully, um, he'll tell us all about his jazzy suit as well, which I was very impressed by. I might have to get one myself if I can get it from M&S or something like that, maybe. I think it might be a, a summer hit. Uh, I quite like the patterns on that suit. So, let's kick off then. So, Brett, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. And the suit is actually a Primark suit. So, so yeah, I, I think it only cost me 16 quid, the suit. <laughs> I like it. That sounds good. Uh, that's ideal. Um, okay, so I can get myself a Primark suit and then put some triangles on it. I might I might go for that. I might do that when I go to uh, go to Halloween Horror Nights, maybe. It might confuse a pe- few people, maybe. And uh, Dan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Uh, just enjoying a, a lovely weekend with actual weather that was nice for a, for a change, so I can't complain. Yeah, it's been nice weather up in up in Yorkshire up here. It's been uh, cracking flags, as we would say, um, in Yorkshire. I don't know if to say that in Wales, Brett. I'm, I'm not sure. If I don't that's, think uh... they say that anywhere ever. That's the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, well, I guess it's a Yorkshireism, uh, I suppose. 
Okay, well, let's kick off with the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. I think we did an episode on this um, maybe a couple of months ago, Dan. I can't remember. I think we kind of came to the conclusion that it was a bit too niche. It was a bit too expensive. So what do you think about the news, Dan, that the Galactic Star Cruiser has finally announced it's going to close? I think the final cruise is going to be at the end of September, maybe the 28th of September, around then, which coincides with Disney's fiscal year so um it doesn't go into the next fiscal year um what's your opinion on this news dan yeah it doesn't surprise me at all um everything i've heard from disney recently because they've been talking about cutting back on staff trying to save you know a bit of money what with potentially a bit of a, a recession ahead and we we just we we knew that they weren't making money on on the star cruiser we knew it was a nightmare to try and you know try and get the numbers they needed to make it a sustainable operation um and they were they were like chopping and changing available dates they were trying to add discounts for the first time you know they'd never done that before there was a lot of worrying signs i think everyone saw the end coming um i think it's it, it's 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 a weird one when when i heard that there was going to be a star wars themed hotel and it was going to be really immersive. I was absolutely like looking forward to just booking it just for a couple of days or something just to experience it. And then they sort of gave the full, like, this is what's going to happen and it's going to be fully immersive and you're not going to leave. And then I sort of went off it, especially at the price they were, they were looking to charge. So I, I, to be honest, I, hopefully it might be a good thing. Maybe they'll reevaluate. They'll they'll think, you know, we're not going to waste this massive investment we've made into this amazing looking themed hotel. Maybe maybe they're going to use this as an opportunity to make it more like a normal hotel, but more of a you know a themed immersive hotel. That would work out really well. They could they could cut back on the staff. They could cut back on the overheads and make it a viable thing again um disappointing news but maybe maybe for the best so um brett were you was it something you might have been looking forward to doing were you were you excited about spending three thousand pounds for a two-night experience for you and your partner on the halcyon oh i was so excited to spend nearly double the amount of my two-week florida holiday i've just bought just for like one or two nights uh with no windows as well i think that's the the real seller of this hotel uh, no, <laughs> I was definitely not looking forward to it. I, I wasn't going to. I actually think it's a brilliant idea. An immersive experience hotel is is like a dream come true for a creative designer. But but it's not sustainable as a concept when you're spending that much money on it, like Disney do on these massive projects. They're having to charge silly money, and and people don't have silly money right now, if at all ever. Um, I think we even called this on the podcast a while back. It, it was never going to do that well. Uh, and it is a shame. And like Dan said, I hope that they actually still use this, but as a more generalized Star Wars based hotel, because it could do that. They can still staff it. They can still put some actors in. They can still do shows in the afternoon, um, but but make it a Disney hotel, not a set alone, a side thing. That, that is just so, so expensive in today's climate. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you've both read the uh, article that I wrote on themeparkloopy.com. Uh, quick oh, yeah, there. yeah, that, that article. Dan, did you read that? Yeah? 
you, you know, this is this is the sad thing is that I actually did, and I, I read it the same uh, day you're that, me look that Ryan published it. Yeah, sorry. I, in in fairness, though, it is something that I'm genuinely interested in because it's like a soap uh, at this point in in my life. I, I I could see the Titanic going for the iceberg, and it was just a matter of time. So I've been I've been quite looped into the story, and yeah, it was it was interesting to see Ryan's take. Yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, I, I so I gave a bit of an overview of why I think it closed, and I think we'd just tread over the the ground that we've been over before, which is that it was for you know if you if you put a Venn diagram together, and I think I did actually see someone put a Venn diagram together, and and basically you're trying to capture this kind of tiny market in the middle. You know, you've got to be Star Wars fans, you've got to have quite a lot of money. Um, you need to be prepared to stay in a hotel that has no windows. <laughs> and uh, there's lots of different variables that when you kind of put the kind of Venn diagram together that you've only really got a small population there. Ultimately, what I said is that the vast majority of people that actually went on the Galactic Star Cruiser actually gave it a really good review. They said it was excellent, really good. But I think the main problem with it is that because that population of people is already quite small, there isn't, if they're, if they're going to go back again, they might go, oh yeah, I'll come back again. But it's going to be in three years time. It's not going to be next month. So when you kind of extinguish that line of that very small population, then you're kind of left with nobody. <laughs> and they've tried to discount it, but you can only discount it so far. You can only... You know, when you have a, a hotel that only has such low occupancy, such high costs in terms of, you know, what's going on, but also the actors, you know, they had proper equity actors in there, you know, that, that would have been cheap, all the effects as well, you know, the screens and everything. You can only realistically charge so much. And I think even at that price point, that didn't feel right. I also made the point that for people coming from the UK, the sums just didn't add up. Like, you know, who was it for? Like, not only was it for that tiny population, you also had to be located in the US, presumably, and pretty close to Florida. Because, you know, I could understand someone living in, you know, Georgia or something and being, you know, a big Disney fan and thinking, you know what, this is this looks like a good experience. I will splurge on this. I will take my family to it. But you know, if you're living in Georgia, you can probably travel down to Florida, maybe stay on I drive a couple of nights and then go to the Galactic Star Cruiser and then kind of go home. And it's like a bit like a staycation. It's a bit like us going down to I was going to say Birmingham, but I don't know why we'd go on holiday to Birmingham, although Birmingham is <laughs> is a beautiful city. Maybe going to like Scarborough if it was also a much further away. Um so for someone from the UK, it doesn't make sense because like like you touched on, Brett, we're already spending thousands of pounds to go there for two weeks. You know, from the UK, we're going to stay in Florida for two weeks. Um, to then spend that again, basically, to then stay two nights in the Galactic Star Cruiser, it was just the sums were just never going to add up. It just wasn't going to happen. So effectively, you just excluded one of your key international markets, which is surely the UK market and potentially, you know, Germany and France and other major uh, European markets as well. So anyway, that's that's that. Um, but what I did touch on is the future of the Galactic Star Cruiser. 
personally, I think there's, I think realistically, there's probably two options. Although I did put a third option in there, which might be the short term solution. I think it would be a real shame for them just to rip the whole thing down because the Imagineers have obviously spent so much time and they've created something that everyone agrees is really good. It's not that it's bad. It was just not the right thing. It just wasn't the right market. It wasn't at the right price point. So in the short term, perhaps they'll just say, well, we'll, we'll rent it out, you know, to people for parties and things like that, maybe, you know, for private guests or, or on the resort or, or whatever prize winners and things like that. Uh, I think them, them changing it into a, a Star Wars hotel. Now, originally, it what they did is they did a focus group and, and the Star Wars hotel kind of came out of that. And it was what people were thinking is a traditional Star Wars hotel. But like you point out, you know, the, the building basically is a kind of big, it's almost like a kind of big warehouse. It looks like something you'd see on the side, side of the M1 or something, you know, they'd have to obviously put windows in it. They'd have to create, you know, a pool and things like that. You'd have to want to turn it into a deluxe resort. It's got to have a, a lot more facilities than what it does now. A potential curveball of that, and they have kind of hinted at this as Disney in their recent statement, is that what if they created a new category of hotel, which is a kind of niche kind of boutique category, which is this, step above deluxe even which is this immersive category which maybe doesn't cost as much as it you know as 1200 pounds per person per night but still pricey but something you could imagine staying in for you know for five nights or something you know as part of your stay maybe you know that could happen um the other option is that and and i personally think this might be the most likely is it i could imagine it becoming a kind of daytime or even one night upcharge attraction which they could build into part of your holiday while you're actually staying on resort so like dan for example you're staying at um coronado springs uh what if disney said to you uh you come into coronado springs that's gonna be great by the way um for another 1500 pounds you could come, uh, you and your family, uh, and stay in the Star Cruiser for the night, and we'll transfer you some bags over, and we'll we'll welcome you for breakfast. We'll go on this adventure. We'll have a, a dinner celebration, and then you'll stay the night, and then you'll leave in the morning, and you can go back to your resort. And I can kind of imagine that scenario, and it, it would make a lot of sense to me, and it was something that I'd be thinking, oh, I'm kind of tempted by that. So some options there. However, if you look at what Disney have done with Harmonious, where they spent millions of pounds on that and they have literally torn it apart, um, <laughs> you have to worry that they might also do that as well. So what what do you guys think about the, the future? Do you think I'm, I'm onto something or do you think I'm, I'm just being totally crazy and unrealistic? An upcharge, almost an upcharge hotel, like an upcharge hotel where you stay already on property, but this one night in your week stay you you go and do this other thing that sounds feasible um will they put the work in to make it work uh i'm not sure if they will or not um i could see them the most likely thing i see is it just never being used and it just sits there until eventually they build something else on it um they may try and find some other daytime event to put in it at some point is is what i'm thinking but 
I can't see them go into too much effort now to try and fix something that's already lost them so much money. Uh, I have to say, though, it's incredibly like humbling to see Disney fail. I know it sounds bad, but it just goes to show that no matter how much money you throw at something, it isn't going to work just because of the money. Yeah, I think um, the issue is how they framed um, Star Cruiser. So, you know, if you if you go to Victoria and Albert's, it's it's something that's a complete optional thing that you can do if you've got loads of money to to splash on a, a really posh meal. You can have this very posh meal if you can get a booking because I know it's it's quite competitive. Um, You've got a book, you know, well in advance. But I think the problem with the Star Cruiser is they try to pitch it as as a core immersive part of the Star Wars universe that they'd built uh, built there, and you know, particularly in Hollywood Studios, it was an extension to that. It was this whole single experience you could you could have, but only if you had the money, and. That left a bad taste in a, in a lot of people's mouths, I think, um, mine included to to an extent. Um, I think it came across as quite quite elitist, very expensive, um, and to be honest with you, I, I'm not all that keen on on role playing. If I'm staying at a hotel, if I've got kids, you know, I've got more on my mind than than role playing uh, in that situation. I just want to, you know, go to a theme park and then come back and relax so for me it was a bit of a mismatch um i, I don't i think they could retheme it into a into a hotel it, it would need work it doesn't have a lobby it doesn't have you know the standard as as ryan's mentioned it doesn't have things like swimming pools it doesn't have windows as brett's pointed out it it in its current form it wouldn't make a good hotel they would they would need to do some serious retrofitting and that would cost probably tens of millions of pounds and would be an investment they're probably not looking to make right now. My hunch is that they will put it on ice um, and have a few possibilities for when the economy is looking, you know, a little bit rosier. Um, and by that, you know, the time that comes, they, they might re revisit it or they might scrap it entirely. Um, I hope they don't. I think it would be a shame. It looks like an amazing place. And the guest experience they've produced is supposed to be very good. Like it's, it's everyone who, who, uh, who I've spoken to who has gone there was, was impressed by it. It's just that they're a really, really specific niche of people. As Ryan pointed out, I, I don't, I don't think that there are enough of those kind of people to, to, to ever make it viable. Um, and it, it just seems, I mean, Brett, your, your point at the end of your, um, you know your your last your last conversation there. You're saying you know it's 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 humbling to see them fail. It, it seems like this whole situation has been resolved by just doing a little bit of market research first, because it would have told them everything they needed to know. I, I don't understand how they've ended up in this situation. Yeah, market research is key to any project in a theme park, no matter how big or small. Um, so it is shocking to see that they've come to this conclusion of just going, all right, we'll close it. It obviously didn't work. Well, surely they knew that, right? They they would have known how many people would be willing to spend £3,000 or dollars or whatever a, a night or two nights to stay. 
Yeah, I, I think the, the problem is that they they couldn't they couldn't find a way. Like even in their trailers, even in their adverts, they never really found a way to summarize what it was that they were selling. Like, is it a cruise? Is it a role play experience? Is it like um, like some sort of escape box? Is it a Star Wars like fan epic? You know, wet dream? Is it a hotel? What is it? And it's sort of been pitched as kind of like all of these things. But then if you speak to someone who's been there, it's something else. It's it's a new experience. It doesn't really get summed up into any category. And if you can't, if you can't define what it is you're selling, then you can't market it and you can't conduct good research. And I think this was always their problem. They never had, you know, this central idea about what it was they were trying to create and they weren't able to communicate that. And that was always going to lead them to 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 fail so i the thing is i they did do the market research but i think the market research was about a star wars hotel and then i think they ran away with themselves i think i think they like they let the idea go too far um without the kind of data behind it which is kind of interesting (laughs) it's an interesting complaint to have because how many times do we have conversations about well wouldn't it have been really good if they built this thing but those suits back in the office said, you know, you can't do that. Well, actually, <laughs> a lot of the time, maybe the suits are right and maybe they should have listened to the suits. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I think it just ran away from itself and then they just d- didn't know why it was when they built it, basically. That is a good point. The amount of times we have said that, oh, why didn't you just let a bit more creative design involved? Yeah, may- maybe we don't know everything all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting to say that actually that yeah in this case the the financial directors were probably right which is strange because you don't hear us that coming from from theme park fans often no maybe we should change it to themeparkfinance.com uh, podcast or something i don't know i'm sure that would be really popular It's one of those things that sometimes like the best films and the best franchises and the best ideas are like they're they're brilliant because of their limitations. Like the the first Star Wars was, you know, it had a really strict budget and they had to sort of do things in in weird ways to get around the budget and and to make it like achievable. And it's it's like in in this situation, Disney had a lot of money to spend. And they just didn't really like cap themselves and they just went all in and tried to throw everything at it. And because of that, it failed. So I think, I think you're right, Ryan. I think that if they'd just kept it as the core idea of a hotel, fine, it would have done brilliantly, but throwing all of these ideas, it just didn't, didn't stick. Well, just look at the Marvel hotel at Disneyland Paris. I mean, they've literally just repainted a hotel put some Marvel pictures in there and gone, ah, it's a Marvel hotel. People have gone mad for it and booked it and it's been a big success and (laughs) they could have just done that. (laughs) So I suppose in a way you've got to, you've got to applaud 
the uh the kind of guts of it and the kind of endeavor behind it but at the same time you're thinking just 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 FEMA hotel a bit like Star Wars and I think people would have been happy with that you know um <laughs> so it's an interesting situation but um yeah I mean I, it's not I don't think it's the last that we've we've seen of the Galactic Star Cruiser I'd be very surprised but it is basically a travel lodge with Star Wars stuff inside, you know, if you look at the bones of it. So, yeah, let's let's see what happens. Slight side story from this. Um, obviously, you know that I'm planning a, a trip to, to Florida later in the year. And um, we were talking about going to Ogre's Cantina. Now, Dan, I know you've been to Ogre's Cantina because I've seen the videos. And... Um, is it really worth spending like $25 on a drink to be in there for a bit? So it's it's really immersive. It's a really cool place to go. But we only got seats because we had a child with us. Like most people don't get like little cubicle seats. Uh, a lot of people stood up or on stools. Uh, you only get a really small bit of time in there. So it's not like you get to chill out and enjoy your drinks like stress-free you're in there, you, you've got like a block of time, you've got a certain amount of orders that you can place. And yeah, it, it felt it felt a bit rushed. It didn't like the quality of the food wasn't very good. The drinks were cool. The drinks were like pretty, pretty well themed and, and sort of worked well with the environment. I definitely recommend it as a, a one and done kind of experience. I, I would sort of recommend you do it. I wouldn't probably i don't know i I'm, i might i might give it another go when i go back as well later in the year but like most people wouldn't that would probably be the right decision for most people but i am more of a star wars fan than the you know the majority of, of folk out there yeah i think i'm gonna get suckered in uh i think i'm also gonna go to space 220 at epcot and uh go into that bar there so that might be a kind of similar situation maybe um yeah i'm I'm looking forward to that one as well that's that's on my list yeah yeah so i'm just waiting for my tickets to come through at some point and then i can look at when i can book stuff because i'm i'm completely out of the loop this time last time i was like right so when i get to 60 days i can book this so when i get to 30 days i can book this now i'm just like i, I don't know what i'm doing like so <laughs> so i'm gonna have to look into when i can actually start booking stuff and actually start booking stuff at some point um but hopefully when i go it's traditionally a quieter time and apparently summer is looking incredibly quiet again um at disney world and it's been a lot of heavy discounts for summer um already so you never know we'll see what happens um but yeah brett how's your um orlando planning coming have you done any more planning or is it is it something you're gonna wait to enjoy a bit closer to the time maybe yeah i'm still over a year away yet so i won't be thinking about it for quite a while i don't think um but i i, I watch some dfb guide every now and then or you know and i'll check some stuff out i'm always kind of keeping an eye on you know i've got a sort of so far i've got a sort of bucket list of roller coasters or attractions i want to do so of all the parks in the area like you you know you want to go on one two regardless of if you go to bush gardens it's kind of like okay i want to get on one two all right i want to get on this i want to get so so far i'm working out a like a top 10 things i have to do and then the rest i'll work around from there 
That sounds like you're going to do your own DFB guide uh, video. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. top 10 things to Brett to do in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and I said last time, didn't I, that I wasn't going to go to Bush Gardens because I'm old now and I need to rest myself. Well, um, they um, they put up a deal uh, last week, I think it was, or the week before, for see there's a you could either do three three parks or two parks, Bush Gardens and Bush Gardens, which was entry into both parks plus all day dining, and the price was pretty good for both of us. And I'm thinking, well, not only is that the price into the parks, but I don't have to spend any money on food for two days, <laughs> so it kind of made a lot of sense. So it looks like I'm going to Bush Gardens now. So, um, yeah, so that's good. <laughs> it's for the best. It, it honestly is, I think, the best park in Orlando. So I think it would have been a missed, a missed opportunity if you'd, if you'd skipped it. Um, it's got some of the best roller coasters. It's not that far away, really. And I, I know that people get wound up that it's, it's a bit of a, a trek, but it's what, like an hour and a bit in a car, uh, a bit longer on a bus. It's it's not that far away. It's a good park. It's got quite a few activities for for younger kids. It's got lots lots of animals. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a a good reason to skip it really. Yeah, well, I mean, I did go last time, um, but yeah, I guess there's a few new things there now. Um, you know, like I'm right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the one that I'm looking forward to. I mean, I have to admit, you know, some of the um, some of the best rides that I did in Florida were at Bush Gardens, uh, like um, you know Shikra, for example, um, and uh, yeah, Montu, incredibly intense. Like you know, a lot of people talk about Nemesis being an intense uh, B and M, but I mean Montu, I, I, I nearly, well, I definitely grayed out like <laughs> a few points, and uh, I got to the end of it, and my head was absolutely banging. Uh, but hell of a ride though, but very, very intense. I think, did I read that? I think one of the elements is at least four, four G or something like, um, so yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely one to look forward to, but at the same time, I don't look forward to that coach trip in the searing heat of, uh, Florida. I'm prepared. That's my one thing. Uh, my whole holiday will be keeping costs down to the absolute minimum. We are not hiring any cars. We are making a point that we are getting buses and all these different things, places, um, simply because it it works out cheaper in the long run for us. So I'm mentally preparing myself a year in advance for sitting on buses for hours. Uh, and I, as long as I know going in that that's part of the trip, then and I prepare for that, I, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. All right, cool. Well, we'll have to pick that up on a future episode. We'll talk about Brett's uh, planning updates maybe a little bit closer to the time. But we've got about uh, 15 minutes or so left. So let's let's go into the uh, topic, which is our perfect park. So it's it's almost like, uh, what's, what's that saying? Uh, pickle, pepper, pickle, pepper, pickle, pepper. <laughs> I can't say that. What? Can you say it, Dan? I don't know. Pickle, pickle, pepper, pickle, pepper. I, I'm, I'm not going to say it. No, I don't know where. The, what, what is this? What, what's happening? I, I, I don't know. Let's just leave it there. Um, so, um, your perfect park. So, we're talking about what kind of rides would you have? What kind of theming would you have? 
what kind of experiences could you have? And also, importantly, what would your food and beverage look like at your perfect park? Now, we know that if Sam had joined us, that his perfect park would have been a lot of trash cans and a lot of trash can-related uh, rides, and obviously the food would be Malaysian curries. Uh, but Sam's not with us at the moment today. Uh, that sounded a bit weird, actually. Sam's not with us. Well, no, he still is with us, but he's just not on the episode. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> so right. let's start he's with still Dan. Alive. It's fine. <laughs> How, how yeah he is he's definitely still alive it's fine uh don't worry about it and uh yeah anyway right so uh dan let's start with you what would your perfect park <laughs> if you could pick a pepper in your perfect park what would that look like yeah i i got into a little bit of an existential meltdown with this question because like that it's the king of all questions isn't it like, what would you design if you had an unlimited budget um and could make anything i think the most important thing and this really is you know it's it, this is imperative is it's got to be in the middle of of the uk and i was doing a bit of research on where it would be really you know central for everyone you know including uh people from wales scotland and 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 our you know english english uh people down south uh and i reckon the best possible location for a park would be leeds so I reckon we need a, a massive theme park in and around the Leeds vicinity. Um, I would like a combination of parks. I would like the hub and spoke element taken from, uh, you know, somewhere like Magic Kingdom, where you've got different kingdoms uh, with a central element, which is spectacular. And I reckon that central element would be amazing if it was some kind of roller coaster, like the, the king of all roller coaster experiences. Um, instead of like a castle or something else. Um, and then around the edge, I want there to be like the the king of all Epcots that stretches as a massive circle. Um, and then if you get uh, Hub and Spoke Park, you can just go to the edge and find like a little quiet spot or a restaurant or a little experience and chill out for a bit and get some food and drink. And then you can come straight back in and the circle would be so big that you couldn't do it in a day. So you could just go around the circle, have like a good experience. You don't even need to enter the main theme park in the middle if you didn't want it, if you wanted a quiet day. Or if you wanted a theme park day, you could stay in the, you know, the hub and spoke area in the middle and just go out if you wanted a bit of food. Um, but that would be, that would be epic. That would be the, the king of all parks for me. That sounds good. I mean, I feel like you you're maybe a little bit, you know, I mean, you live in Leeds. I feel like you're asking for a park in Leeds. I think you kind of, you know, maybe it's a bit too local. Like, is it better to travel to a park rather than have one, you know, literally on your doorstep? And I, I don't think that the fact that I live in Leeds has anything to do with me wanting <laughs> it to be in Leeds at all. In fact, I, I, I'm going to go on a, on a, you know, let's get specific here. I, I think the best possible location for a massive theme park would be south leeds and again that's nothing to do with me being based in south leeds at all it's just that i i think it's a brilliant location Dan, Dan, you know, do you want a theme park in your back garden is, is this, is, <laughs> yes right yes right. i do okay okay right okay your, dan's perfect park is in his garden however i have just looked at leeds castle um which has a lovely part of grounds around it the castle's inside a moat um easily get a, a really cool attraction on the center of that 
uh, loads of land around it, similar to probably a, a very Alton Towers-esque vibe, but gives me Epcot vibes in terms of its layout as well. The only problem is, is that Leeds Castle, I think, is in Kent, not actually in Leeds, <laughs> so, unfortunately. Um, so it's. I was, was going to say, I've, I've no uh, Leeds Castle. Wait, oh, so so Leeds Castle isn't in Leeds? No, <laughs> no. Wait, confusingly, it's not actually in Leeds. No, I think it's in Kent. I think. Dan, look out your window. Can you see Kent Castle? <laughs> no. Oh. I don't know then. Oh, Google's balled that right up. <laughs> it has, it has. Um, yeah, well, that all sounds good, Dan. Does that? I mean, what what kind of food would we would we see in this part? Would it be traditional Yorkshire fare? You know, Yorkshire pudding stuffed with cheese and things like that. Maybe. Well, what I was envis- envisioning is similar to Epcot, like a worldwide buffet of any any options, but obviously you'd have like a Yorkshire area with, you know, good, you know, uh, like a, a good Yorkshire pudding area and like a roast. But equally, I want somewhere that I could go for a curry. So, you know, I, I need there to be an Indian section. I need there to be uh, a Chinese area. Yeah, sure everything Epcot has. And needs now. Well, yeah, but it's not around a theme park, though, is it? So it doesn't count. I feel like you're describing Kirkstall. So you <laughs> So it's like, so you get, there's a Chinese and then there's a cinema and then, and then there's a Caribbean restaurant and then there's a big road that goes through the middle. <laughs> and then Where are the a... roller, and unless you're talking about the taxi in, there's no roller coaster and that's, that's crucial. <laughs> that, that, that is crucial. And weirdly, um, they did used to sort of be a theme park in Leeds and I don't know if you know this, but, um, so, um, what, what, um, so Golden Acre Park uh, used to kind of be a theme park. It used to have um, a big train that went around the middle of the lake and had a few rides and things. So in a way, a theme, per- a theme park has been in Leeds before, but it didn't work out, I guess, because it wasn't in your garden and didn't sell Yorkshire puddings. So yeah. that, that's it. That's the reason it failed. Definitely, definitely. Okay, uh, Brett, tell us about your perfect part. Would it be in Leeds and would it sell Yorkshire puddings? So I've, I've just recently found out there's this lovely castle in uh, Kent, I believe. Um, <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard about it. Yeah, I think it's called that. Leeds Castle, I think. Not to be confused with Leeds, the place that's uh, Dan's back garden. <laughs> Um, but the, no, uh, my, you know what my, I think my perfect theme park would be, you know, one of these kind of, uh, I was thinking about this because I was thinking of my like sort of bucket list coasters, you know, we were talking about these top 10 things I want to do in, in Florida. And one of them is, is Velocicoaster, but not only that, but I absolutely love the whole Jurassic Park style. Um, I love the Jurassic Park, like the Jurassic Park films. And I went, what about? An actual Jurassic Park like theme park, but done in the way Jurassic Park would have been done in terms of it literally being on its own island, its own rainforest style island, uh, and you, you fly in there and there's hotels and all these animatronics about and like information centers and museums and rides and attractions. I thought that would be really cool. I know that limits me to dinosaur themed attractions only um but there's no reason i guess you couldn't have other 
creative ideas involved. Uh, obviously, everyone knows I'm I'm a big lover of Alton Towers, and part of that I think is is the fact that it's you know a bit rural. Um, so things like that, and having these absolutely epic, really unique roller coasters, but in that sort of island setting, would be really really cool. Um, to to have a a destination theme park on its own island would 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 be pretty amazing. Surely you could just one up that idea by going full hog and cloning the dinosaurs and creating some kind of Jurassic Park experience around the real life dinosaurs. It's it's an idea where nothing could possibly go wrong. No, I I've watched a couple films on that and it's always worked out really well. Um, so it's I'm either going to do that idea or I was thinking of doing a like a really immersive Star Wars themed hotel. Uh, that equally goes as well as <laughs> that'll, that'll films, doesn't it? Yeah, it'll definitely work with that. No one's ever thought of that idea, <laughs> and no one ever will again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That sounds interesting. And you know, what? I, I learned something about Jurassic Park the other day, which I didn't realize. So, um, at Islands of Adventure at Universal Resort Orlando, there is uh, the Jurassic Park River adventure and i always wondered i was thinking why why is this a river adventure why is it not in cars because in the film you're in a car but um apparently and and i didn't know this because i just don't read books i guess is that in the the novelization of jurassic park it was actually a a boat ride but when uh, steven spielberg you know made the film um he'd uh, he'd learned from Jaws. I, I, I was watching a, a video on YouTube about. Apparently, he learned from Jaws. You know, shooting in water is a complete nightmare. So let's make it in in a car, basically. So that's kind of the reason. So and it's so interesting when they developed the ride, they thought actually it'd be better to do it as a water ride because obviously the kind of system already exists. And I don't think going around in a bumpy car on tracks would have been that exciting they would have had to have some amazing animatronics wouldn't they and uh, you couldn't really been in a building you wouldn't have kind of got the feel for it so that's why it's in a way you know it's kind of more it's it's more true to the story there is a river adventure so top fact for you there brett you know so when you go you'll you'll know the reason there you go i actually didn't know that yeah that's a that's a good little uh it kind of throws back these these rides as to to their kind of original origin, which is which is nice to see that it's not just going off just the films that we know. That someone's actually sat down and really thought about this in in a bit more detail than we thought. That's cool. Yeah. I've got a quick a quick question for Brett on his his theme park. <laughs> um, when when it's built, Brett, will will you be sparing no expense? Uh. In in terms of what uh, I actually very much like what we said earlier, I actually thrive when it comes to designing like my attractions thrive on having as little budget as possible. Um, so saying, you know, limitless budgets is, is amazing. But, you know, um, you build Star Wars themed hotels if you end up with an unlimited budget. Sorry, that was... It was a terrible joke. Sorry, it's it's what what they what, what's his face who builds Jurassic Park. He says it all the way through. I spare no expense, <laughs> yeah. and then the, the dinosaurs eat the people. Yeah, they they do eat the people. 
Um, but also a point to make is that I don't know if you guys have ever played like Rollercoaster Tycoon, but if you ever did the cheat to have limitless money, it was kind of interesting for like the first 20 minutes and then actually it'd be really boring. You kind of want to do the business bit, um, which kind of ties us back to, you know, those suits in the office, you know, um, I don't know if you ever had that experience. If you play a game where you have limitless money, it actually doesn't become interesting anymore because you're not kind of constrained and you don't have to be use your imagination as much anymore. Yeah, no, well, that's exactly what my criticism about uh, the Star Cruiser was. They, they had too much money and they forgot about all the creative bits about reining it in and finding focus. Um, it's John Hammond. That's who said it. Sorry, I had to Google it. Clever boy. Anyway, um, so my favourite, not my favourite park, my perfect park, I believe, would have to be built probably either on a mountain or multiple mountains, because I just like the idea of having terrain coasters. I think that uh, terrain coasters are actually the most interesting uh, type of ride. I think you can build all these car park coasters as you want, but actually having trees flying past you is actually the most interesting thing. And actually, um, we've just been joined by uh, Sam. Uh, how, <laughs> how are you doing, Sam? We're just talking about perfect parks. And we were saying that your perfect park would surely have a lot of Malaysian curry and just have a lot of trash cans everywhere. And maybe a trash can related ride. I'd perhaps. recommend maybe a clothes shop as well, because he's not wearing any currently. Will this video oh, will this podcast have, have the video was, attached? No, it will now. No, I think I feel like it, <laughs> it will now, yeah, on the bloopers. <laughs> Hello, boys. Um yes. Hello everyone. Hang on, it's getting a mic coon. Um hello everyone. Um I'm here. I'm sorry that I've taken a while to get online, um, but the UAE is a very funny place and it's been a very hot night. Um, and that is not a euphemism. Um, hello. Uh, yes, my perfect park, if I could honestly choose it, would it have a lot of Malaysian curries? Well, funny you ask that because I went to the Malaysian curry restaurant and if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's the Roma Coaster restaurant at Alton Towers. I went there very recently, if you've listened to the most recent episode of Theme Park Movie. And um, what was rather interesting was that they did not have any Malaysian curry. Could you believe it? I couldn't believe it either. I know, your gasps that I'm imagining <gasps> are happening now through... Thank you for the gasp, Brett. Um, <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> um, they didn't have any Malaysian curry. I know, shocker. They didn't even have the Wicker Man stack that was being advertised around the park. The only thing they seemed to have was sort of carrots and sort of beans and sort of side dishes that I wouldn't... Who's going to put a steamed carrot and a mozzarella stick together? No one, frankly. And nor am I if I am staying on the resort. So... That was interesting. Anyway, my favorite park, if I had to choose it, what food it would it would cook. I think I would honestly choose something like the Olive Garden or the Cheesecake Factory. Something similar to that would be what I would choose. There are other obviously other restaurants that you can choose, but something that was all rounded. You've got some salads, you've got some meats, you've got some burgers, 
you got some Malaysian curries probably. Um, you've got a bit of everything there. And I also realize that I am way out of context because I've just joined this conversation without any prior understanding of what the previous conversations have happened. So hi everyone, nice to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I know I've arrived 47 minutes late, but at the end of the day, that's the way the theme park loopy cookie crumbles. If the theme park loopy was a cookie. We, we, yeah, maybe we could make a cookie and um, maybe we could sell it at Leeds Castle, which isn't in Leeds uh, or in Dan's back garden, maybe. Could we sell it in the, in the old, could we sell it in the Alton Towers Garden Centre? Do you think? Well, now we've said it, it, they will. <laughs> they do listen. We know they listen. They're listening right now. Yeah, they they are they are always listening. There, there was something else I thought the other day actually that Alton Towers did that we were talking about, and I couldn't remember what it is now. But yeah, definitely. So hello, Alton Towers, and thanks for taking on board all our ideas. But yeah. <laughs> um yeah well the thing is sam you've you've joined us like as we kind of about to wrap up pretty much i don't know if brett if you want to very quickly give us um a summary of what's going on with subterra uh before we uh wrap up because that is due to reopen soon i believe at alton towers yeah next weekend i think the 26th is the day it's uh set to open uh subterra is reopening uh so far all we really know is that it's reopening. I've known this for a while. Some of the actors let me know, and I shouldn't have said that, but it's fine now because everyone knows. Uh, but they, uh, uh, they've they been working on it for quite some time. And so far, it looks as if they've kind of reimagined the logo a little bit. The green eyes disappeared. Um, sort of the, the marketing slightly changed to fit in the new Phalanx logo on some posters. I kind of hope they changed the story a little bit because there was literally a CGI crab at one point, which I thought was pretty terrible looking. But uh, it'll, it'll nice to have it back. This is a robot. We are having technical difficulties. Right. Well, it looks like we've uh, we've lost Brett to some technical difficulties. So um, we're going to wrap up there. So thanks for the update, Brett, for Subterra. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it more on a on a future episode. So um before we wrap up then, um Dan, do you want to just remind people where they can find you? Yeah, so they can they can track me down on on Air Club. We're on YouTube. Uh, I still only got the one video, which is a bit frustrating. I've had to take a little bit of time off flying due to various issues with the plane but as of uh Saturday, I'm back up and running again. So I expect more video content shortly. Perfect. And uh, Sam, can we expect uh, any more out and about podcasts or any more of Costa Sam blogs from you? Yes, absolutely. So um, I have got some serious content coming up here from the Middle East uh, very soon with not only the opening of Sea Wells coming in very, very soon uh, next week, I believe, but also 
uh, with Middle Eastern theme parks as well. Uh, we could see a bit of a collaboration coming to there. So I'm excited to bring some news from other parts of the world that may not as be uh, in the spotlight as other parts of the world. So yes, excited to bring news and updates from what's happening out here on Yaz Island. And uh, I'll keep you updated as we go along. Perfect. We look forward to it. More updates from your cocoon in uh, in your bed cocoon, maybe, and uh, out and about. We love we love the bed cocoon. All love the bed cocoon. I'm literally in the duvet now, sweating as we're talking. <laughs> That's a lovely visual picture to imagine. You're so welcome. You are just so welcome, Dan. I hope you take that with you to bed tonight. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how to react to that, but enjoy your, your, your sweaty bed to sleep in. That'll be, that'll be lovely for you. <laughs> Call at the Niagara Falls at this point. Call at the Niagara Falls. Perfect. Okay. So, uh, theme park loopy, um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have a website, themeparkloopy.com. Um, we also have a YouTube channel. You can find us on there. If you're listening on a podcast app like Spotify or Apple or Amazon, just make sure you have clicked the subscribe or the follow button. Um, I think half of our listeners haven't actually clicked subscribe or follow. So if you enjoy the show, just make sure you do that because it does really help us because it allows the more people to find the show and can helps us kind of expand and do more exciting episodes and stuff so we can bring better content to you so do make sure you've clicked that tell your friends and family get them to click on it as well you know just get everyone clicking on it get clicking that's what we say anyway anyway so thanks for joining us uh, we hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll see you again real soon <laughs>